theoretically possible. Why waste time? But it doesn't make any sense. Discovery Houston, press to ATO. Welcome, welcome back, everyone. Hello, Quinn. How is your day going? It's going great, my love. Thanks. How it about is yours? going great. It's it's nice. It's an opportunity for us to have a great discussion. Yes. And this one, I'm excited. We're gonna have a little uh, discussion on bank accounts, specifically saving accounts. And this is something I've wanted to talk about for quite some time. And I just feel like this is the time to do it. I agree. And again, we say this with almost everything we talk about in finances. None of this is financial advice, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just really nice to be able to have a conversation about, you know, the current state of savings accounts yes. and um, other banks, um, at least in the United States of America, which is, you know, honestly, it's very different from when our parents had bank accounts mm-hmm. or savings accounts and our grandparents had bank accounts and savings accounts. Right. The current status of this so i'm excited to talk about it as well well i think that it's so important for us to save a lot of money because yeah. in doing so it allows us to use that cash as a tool to grow more assets right essentially and so in order to play the game you got to be able to put some chips in and right. this is the basic way of doing so and i think that it takes a while for people um, to understand the importance of a savings account and really filling it up. And I saw this new venture come out recently that I think is a bit of a game changer, very innovative. And I'm going to explain it to you and you're going to tell me your opinion on it and what your thoughts are on it. Okay. All right, cool. So this company is called Yoda and it's, it's spelled Y O T T A and it's a savings account. And the way that it works is it allows people to be rewarded for saving their money by being entered into essentially a lottery to win a major prize if your numbers are picked. Interesting. I know it's going to sound a little bit weird, but I'll explain how it works. And if you have any questions, just let me know because I've researched it a bit. So the way it works is that for every $25 saved, you get a recurring ticket into weekly number draws. For example, if you deposit $50, you get two tickets every week without needing to make new deposits. And at the uh, end of the week, you get to pick the numbers that you want, or you can have them assigned to you, and you pick seven numbers. And at the end of the week, they look at those numbers and they see who's the winner, and you have a chance of, I mean, sometimes it's crazy, like, there's the ultimate jackpot for like $10 million. But then you can also win perhaps a few thousand or you can win a new Tesla. And it's encouraging people to, rather than think of putting their money into the lottery, why don't you feel that same sensation, but you're actually putting in your savings account. So the interest that normally would get paid they're from a normal savings account, they're putting all that together and they're setting it up so that one person has a big chance to get the whole entire interest from the account. From everyone else. Interesting. Yes. I know. It's kind of weird, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, when we're talking about like the current state of savings accounts in the United States, 
I mean, it's it's like it's dismal, right? Like in terms mm-hmm. of the interest rates, what you can get from saving, there's really not a great incentive structure in the savings account currently. Right. I mean, I less think than one percent. It's usually yeah, it's less than one percent APY. It's, so yeah, annual percentage per year. Per year. So if you're putting in a hundred dollars, you get a dollar at the end of the year. Yeah. A thousand dollars, you get ten dollars. I mean, that's pretty pathetic. It is well, and especially if you. Uh, <laughs> you know, include the calculation inflation and a lot of other things going exactly. on. It's basically nothing. It might, you might even be losing money. And so this is where a lot of people, I think their, their, their thinking is shifting. I mean, unfortunately the truth is, is in America, we really have a, a low rate of savings overall yeah. citizens. So yeah. we really, really want more people to be able to save so that, you know, people aren't dependent on debt and yeah. they actually can, they have liquid money to be able to do certain things. But ideally you can actually take that money and actually let it grow over mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Now that's become a little bit more difficult to just throw that into the savings account. So this, um, this idea, this new bank account, Yoda, mm-hmm. I think what is interesting about it is that they are incentivizing, right? Yes. Cause like what, like right now, legacy savings accounts, like they're not going to increase their interest rate just cause they just can't, they're not going to do that. So right. how else can you incentivize the population to actually save? Mm-hmm. Well, they're kind of playing on the psychology of like, well, you know, you're going to buy you, if you buy lottery tickets with a dollar here or there anyways, mm-hmm. you know, at least put it in their savings account. You don't even have to go and buy something. It's just, yeah. you're automatically entered in. It's and a, the more a you free save, lottery ticket, essentially. Yeah, the more you save, the more tickets you get. So it increases your odds. So it's like gamifying the yeah. savings account a little bit. Yeah. Now, honestly, obviously, like, I just think about what that means too, in terms of, I mean, I'm, I, I really love the idea that it is incentivizing people mm-hmm. to save. Right. But only one person gets the big prize, yeah, right? It's, it's probably very similar odds to actually playing the lottery. Yeah. And so therefore, I mean, we're definitely not going to be signing up for it, but I just think that it's a really fitting option for individuals who are looking for a better way to be incentivized to save. Yeah. And maybe they are in, you know, there's a lot of thrill in gambling and I think it's a great incentive. Look at the vaccine distribution. So many States got a huge boost in participants, or I guess it's not participants, but those who take the vaccine because they incentivize them by saying, we'll give you some lottery tickets if you do so. And I was surprised how effective it was. It really did work. And this could be a really great way for those who maybe were attracted, like, oh, well, I guess I'll get the vaccine if I get some lottery tickets. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Oh, well, I guess I'll save some money if I get some lottery tickets. Yeah. And and you still get the excitement of, you know, the scratch off or like waiting for the random numbers to be drawn. And you're like, oh, so close. Yeah. And you can even set it where, because, you know, you might have a lot of money in your savings account. If it's $25 for tick, per ticket, you might not have time to pick every single number. So you can actually set it up where it automatically picks random numbers for you. And you never know, you could win. And I just think it's a great option for those who are looking to figure a way of getting better at saving. Yeah, I think saving is the key, right? That's like, that is the behavior that definitely needs to be emphasized in this and all all banking, really. Right. Because, I mean, there's obviously investing. There's various different types of investing. Yeah. There's, you know, stock investing, retail with stock. There's uh, CDs. There's... Right which basically nothing at this point also. So it's like, yeah. you know, the minimal and, and of course assets also, but I would say that right now the options of actually, you know, 
getting rewarded monetarily for mm-hmm. saving is really like the options are so limited. It's yeah. basically you're not going to, yeah, right? Inve- so what's the point? Investing you can get rewarded, yeah. but the truth is there's a lot of risk with that. Yeah. And when it comes to a savings account, you're really trying to build up that nest egg. Yeah. And so how do you get that to become a bigger number so that you do have enough money that you feel comfortable losing or if something bad happens it's going to go down and you're not dependent on it yeah. well it all starts from the root of saving it does well and you know when we first got together luckily independently we were both big savers i mean the the key with saving if you want real like financial freedom eventually is that you do have to not spend more than you make right, right. And it's all about what you keep mm-hmm. so you know in terms of savings we both each had a goal individually and now of course it's together of like having an emergency fund which yeah. is basically savings so if you're really wanting to have a low risk area where you're getting a little bit of money that's where the savings account was like the perfect little you know thing yeah. not anymore really yeah but i think that it's good companies and and uh you know entrepreneurs are really trying to think how else can we incentivize people to do the right thing with their finances? Because right now mm-hmm. there's not really any incentives. Like you are actually more incentivized to just gamble, right? Yeah. You're more incentivized to just take a risk on a stock or mm-hmm. whatever. It, the, the options are relatively risky, right? Right. And so you have to really you know, pick and choose and do your own due diligence. You can't just throw it into a savings account now. And yeah. this is definitely the reality for a lot of other people around the world in different countries that they've never even had that opportunity to just throw their money in a savings account it's mm-hmm. insured up to a certain amount and yeah. you'll get like i think at one point back in the i don't even know what decade but definitely during our parents lifetime it was at like eight percent you would Dang. get in savings accounts yeah, yeah six to eight and slowly just as you know trickled and, and gone lower but at this point it's like what's the difference between a checking and a savings account mm-hmm. right there was at least a distinction where if you had a savings account you would get some form of interest um so at least if with this company yoda i mean i'm it's definitely not something I would probably do, but I think if you're trying to establish that new habit, that new behavior of, I want to save, mm-hmm. and this is appealing to you, I think that's great. You yeah, know? I think you're bringing up a really good point that it is like transitioning a habit or behavior, and perhaps it's transitioning a bad habit into a good habit. Right. Like it's rewarding you for your bad habit by getting you to actually put more money in the bank to get more uh, bank lottery tickets, you yeah, know? Right. And so that, that's, that to me sounds like a great thing. I mean, do you think that the business has a chance of being successful long-term or do you think it's too niche? I mean, I'm, I don't know the, this market that well, but yeah, I, I don't either. I think that, you know, it, there's a lot of reasons why people have, you know, they're, they bank with certain companies, right? A mm-hmm. lot of times it's because that was the one that they signed up for when they were young, or that's the one that's in their local area yeah. or, you know, for us, it was more about like accessibility online from right. anywhere, right? And um, initially, it was higher interest rates. But it was. We all lost that now. You know? It's gone. Yeah, it's it's basically yeah. When we signed up for our bank account, there was it was the high it was highest in the industry at the time, but it's, close to two percent, I believe. Yeah, it was. Which still isn't great, but at the same yeah. time, it's significantly better than what it is right now. Exactly. You just are able to throw it in. It's safe and secure, and mm-hmm. it's not like a high risk investment. But yeah. you know, I do think that. For some, this will appeal to them for mm-hmm. sure. And I think that the major thing is, is you just don't want to over leverage yourself anywhere. And so in this case, if someone is incentivized by this like more gamified 
idea mm-hmm. to actually throw maybe a thousand or two thousand in there, you know, yeah. every month or something like that. That's a lot of money. Just, which is a lot of money. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, $250, that still gets you 10 tickets. You know, that's a good incentive. It is. But, you know, it, I just, I think about this all the time about in terms of, you know, we, with all these stimulus checks that are coming in in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. And other places as well, but at least in the United States, there are a lot of things online um, that are actually, they're usually kind of funny, but they're actually not. If you look at it, it's like, well, what, what you could have, made if you had put your stimulus check into this yeah. right and i mean honestly if you put your stimulus check into even that yoda account what you got a bunch of tickets you might not want anything but like right. and then but then you think about there are other you know stocks or different things that you could have put it in and it would have actually made you money without having to work yeah but that's that's assuming that the person didn't actually need that money right and so i like to think that the majority of people who received it actually needed it immediately yeah. due to the whole situation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in terms of like financial health, mm-hmm. it's really healthy to have a savings account, like an emergency fund that Absolutely, you don't really yeah. touch that you're constantly kind of like feeding a little bit to whatever that is, a, mm-hmm. some percentage of your monthly income or whatever. Actually putting that aside, that's liquid cash right. that's not being touched, right? But it's, it's building and accumulating, unfortunately not at a high interest rate at all. But mm-hmm. then you have your checking, I mean, Honestly, at this point, I don't really know what the difference between checking and savings is. I mean, just a little bit of a higher percentage with savings, right? Yeah. But the checking was really linked more to a debit account, right? right. So you could pull out stuff whenever you needed. But then you've got the credit cards and the savings accounts and the checking accounts. Like, you should never over leverage. You pay off your, your credit card every month. Like, that's mm-hmm. like, tr- you know, 101. You don't want to get into debt with, with credit cards. as an no bueno. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, hmm. your own your own investment portfolio, whatever that is, that could be higher risk, lower risk, or somewhere in between. Yeah. And um, honestly, the low risk investment options are still really, they, they're really low reward right now, mm. more so than I think they've ever been, hmm. at least in the United States. So um, yeah, the option is like medium to high risk investment or just, yeah, save, save, save as much as you can. But then what are you going to do with that money eventually, yeah. right? Well, so I view it kind of like stepping stones, right? Yeah. So you have to make sure that you have enough money to pay for your necessary expenses every month. Yeah. So your rent, your food, water, of course, but you know, your electricity, those types of expenses. Once you have those covered, the rest should go into your savings account. And if there's the in extra incentive of opening a savings account and putting more money in from lottery tickets from the bank, yeah. then that's a great thing. But there is a point in which you have it. it's necessary for an individual to start pulling from the savings and putting them into a bit more of a risk investment. Yeah. And you can go in layers. And I do think the, the one that you were saying that's less risky, those are probably like ETFs or like uh, index funds. Yeah. And those are, you know, they don't, they're not that volatile, but they have a decent amount of interest rate. But if the market crashes, that's going to that's gonna have a big effect on on whatever money you put in there. So yeah. that's like the, the, the next level. But then when you have enough money in your savings fund again, then you can perhaps look at more risky stocks, like specific stocks. Like, you know, a lot of uh, people got really lucky and invested into Tesla or Amazon a few years ago. Right. What's the next Amazon? What's the next Tesla in five, 10 years from now? Yeah. And starting to look into what is available 
And I think that's, you know, the best way to transition from having a savings to an investment portfolio is probably using like Robinhood. Very easy app, zero fees. You don't even have to buy a full share. You can buy a portion of a share. If you just have $100, you can buy $100 of any share you want. And it's it's very user-friendly, and it gets you to that next level. And then beyond that, you, you'll, you'll figure your stuff out. But yeah. this is like I'm trying to just get those like initial stepping stones yeah. for when you're trying to you know, maybe transition from feeling as though you're living paycheck to paycheck to actually being able to build something and have your money work for you. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the goal, right? I, I, but I will say, don't ever spend money investment-wise that you can't afford to lose. I think that's kind of mm-hmm. the golden standard when it comes to investing. Like, you don't want to put zero in your savings and all of it into the stock like yeah. market. You really have no control over what happens in the stock market. And mm-hmm. we've gone through a year where it's been pretty volatile in Absolutely. terms of, you know, up and down and like, what do we, you know, and, and in, in terms of like calculating, like what is a company's real intrinsic value? It's not, it's more difficult to do that than ever right now. Right. So with all of these different incentive programs and, you know, ways of leveraging too, which can be yeah. very dangerous at times, yeah. especially if you're like just starting out. I mean, there's a few people who got lucky and we probably hear about those individuals more in the news than we hear about the people who did not get lucky. Which is unfortunate because I feel like it obviously it gives like a false sense of like, oh, if that person did it, then of course I'm just going to do that, yeah. you know? And so I over leveraging is basically you're borrowing money to in, like double dip on an investment. So if you have I'll just keep simple numbers. If you have $100 and you want to invest into um, a stock like Apple, you could say, I'm going to borrow an extra $100. So if the stock goes up, I'm going to get double the amount back. But if the stock goes down, now you're in debt. And that's the, the D word. It can be a very powerful tool. But I also think it can be a very, very dangerous weapon yeah. that, as well. Yeah, just like a credit card, right? Like you exactly. can you can basically all of a sudden find yourself in debt and you don't know how to get yourself out. And I mean, that's where debt debt can actually be your best friend or your worst enemy. Exactly. And you want to make sure that, you know, when it comes to um, definitely investing as well, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you're not over leveraging yourself into yeah. a situation where you really have no control of the stock market. None of us yeah. really do. I mean, we've seen a lot of really interesting things happen and play out over the last year with like GameStop and Robinhood and all that stuff. And that's really, really interesting. And I don't see that really, you know, going away anytime soon. But in terms of you as a single individual, I mean, you just got to think about like, what do you want to do with this money? You want it to grow a little bit. You don't want to like be day trading. Day trading is not your thing, which it isn't for a lot of people. You got something else going on. But you want some, you know, amount to actually, you want your money to grow at some small rate doesn't right. necessarily mean you're going to get like a hundred percent over a year. You know, mm-hmm. no one's really thinking that. And especially, and when you're just picking your own stocks, I mean, you really can never time the market, right? You yeah. know, you're never going to buy it at the lowest price and you're never going to sell it at the highest price. Exactly. And even, and when you pull it out too, when you sell it, just remember you have to pay tax on that too, on cap with capital gains. Yeah, right. So you have to, level of that's complexity. a whole other thing. But I just think, you know, for, for me, when I first got into investing into stock, I really was looking at like more of like the Warren Buffett method of like intrinsic value, really trying to calculate based on, you know, especially with public companies that are traded on the stock mm-hmm. exchange on various different stock exchanges, you have access to be able to actually see their finances. Um, mm-hmm. They have to report it and it's public, right? Cause yeah. other people are investing into it. And so you can calculate it, but we're in this weird time period where it's like, what is the intrinsic value of a company actually? Like the, these, it, it is these stock, very complicated. These prices are way high. Yeah. And there's a lot of manipulation going on, you know, with 
in certain monetary systems. And so just to keep a, just to keep the economy afloat during this, I mean, we just went through a pandemic. It was like one of the biggest crises that the world has faced in a long time. So it's understandable, but it's just when you're thinking about your, your, your investments and whatnot, really do your own due diligence is what I really want to like emphasize is in like, you know, what are you, what are you trying to get out of this? Why are you investing into this company and Mm -hmm. how much can you afford to lose? Because it's, it's a, there's a risk in there at various levels, no matter what you do. Yeah. It does seem a little bit like a double edged sword though, because it's like, do your due diligence, but it's extremely complex. And sometimes it doesn't make any sense why this is at this price. And so at the same time, it's also like, you know what, just dabble a little bit, you know, learn a little bit. And sometimes it is easiest to just keep it simple, Simon. I don't yeah. know if that's the right term, but keep it simple, silly, or whatever yeah. it is. Because if you feel overwhelmed, that's what leads to inaction. Yeah. And the key is you actually got to take a little bit of action. Yeah. You got to, you got to, we could analyze Apple stock for four hours yeah. and then make a decision based on that, uh, the research we've done. But the truth is, it might just be. The first stepping stone is like, you know, I've never bought a stock. I have an Apple computer. I really believe in what they're doing long term. I could see them being a strong brand in 10 years. You know, it's it's almost personal in that way. Yeah. And then from there, you can, you don't have to go all in. It's not like you're putting all your savings in, but you could buy a portion of a share. No, you could buy exactly. $20 worth. Yeah. I mean, Robinhood really changed the game for a lot of, a lot of these different companies who were allowing people to trade on their platforms, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah, you can buy and sell at no commission with Robinhood, right? And that's like pretty, and you can buy a fraction of something. So you can buy $50 of a certain stock and 25 of this stock. And I think just remember to diversify. You don't want all of your stuff in one industry. You don't want it all in one company. That would be like the least diversified if you had everything in one company. But you also have to kind of know, like things are going to go up and down. You're not always going to be gaining. You might be losing at some point. Don't be checking it every day. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know what? After a while, you got to kind of set it and forget it. But you do have to, you want to, you want to keep, keep up to date on what's going on, on, you know, the things that you've invested into. And I really like what you said. I think, think about, is this company going to be around in five years and 10 years? Yeah. If you can not, if you can't see a future in which this company is no longer in existence, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of a more long-term thing for you. Right. right. And I think that's, that's a different mentality than, Oh, I bought this. And uh, you know, as soon as the, before the quarterly earnings come out, I'm going to sell it because yeah. you know, whatever there, there's many reasons and you're going to hear a lot of different opinions and all right. that stuff. So you do kind of have to kind of reflect internally and be like, how much can I afford? do I really believe that this is going to exist in five Mm -hmm. years, you know, and am I okay with spending this? Yeah. It might, it might be something that you're already subscribed to or something that you're already, already a big customer of. And that's insightful. You know, I miss Blockbuster, but at the same time, it was pretty obvious at a certain point that it's gone. It's gone with the wind. And there's other companies we can go into, but I'm not going to name them. And you can do your own due diligence, but you can see some just are going to have to make some insane changes just to survive. Yeah. We're looking at which ones are not going to have to make insane changes to continue to thrive. Right. And I think that's a little bit of the balance. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. I mean, like newer companies, obviously, you have the potential of a higher return by investing early on into them. But then also there's the the idea that maybe they won't be around in another two years like that actually has happened so um and then there are other companies who have been in it for a long time like i don't know just 
think about any real legacy uh, companies that have been around even since your grandparents were around, you know, mm-hmm. like it's they they're still around but they're pretty stable in terms of their price right Right, yeah and so there are stocks where you know based on the industry and the technology and how how long they've been around you can kind of understand maybe what the stock price is going to do go up or down or be a little bit more stable so but you just have to check with yourself like what am i what is my risk tolerance level right now based on how much money i have it's all learning though it's all about learning and i mean this is kind of turned a little bit more into like investing but i think that right now honestly besides saving like savings accounts don't really incentivize you to save Mm. and so if you really wanted to actually make your money work for you instead Mm -hmm. of you just working for the money I think that obviously investing and it's in the numbers and research, there's more retail investors than there've ever been mm-hmm. because people have been in lockdown and, you know, just want, I mean, they have more time on their hands for very various different reasons, but it is important to have that little nest egg, you yeah. know, important to have liquid at your beck and call when you need it, yeah. you know, cause you just never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You never know. I mean, this pandemic has definitely emphasized that too. You yeah. know, like what happens if you lose your job for six months? Yeah. Do okay. you have enough? Do you have enough to like pay rent to do like the basic things? Like you said, utilities and X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And if you're in a position where, you know, you have those covered, no problem. And then you're spending everything else every month. Well, maybe that's where it's like you got to rethink about why you're spending all of that extra stuff yeah. that's not actually making a return. And that's where the idea of savings comes in. And it could be a little bit of money every month. It doesn't yeah. have to be everything, right? Yeah, even if it's a, I mean, sometimes I think the Yoda Bank uh, business idea, well, I guess it's real now, but like just the whole system of it is almost like a false incentive. Yeah. But sort of lottery tickets. It's yeah. as though you really believe you know, I got to buy these because one day if I just hit it, I could get a hundred million dollars and all my life problems are solved. Yeah. But at least the bank one is actually helping you change a bad habit to a good habit. So whatever, even if it's a, a fake incentive, I still support it because it's getting you to do what is the first initial step to getting to financial freedom. Totally. I mean, this is like psychology 101. This is like why psychologists are being hired by tech companies. Like this is like the $25, that number was definitely calculated and researched Mm -hmm. and understood that $25 a month would probably be a good amount for people to put in every month, right? Like what is the percentage of your income every month? And if regardless of where you're at in your income level each month, $25 is doable for almost everyone, right? So and, and it's great because this is, like you said, it's an incentive to actually form a good habit of saving right. um, for a rainy day yeah. or whatever happens in life um, that other platforms are using like social media. Like right. that it's like, what are you getting out of this? Actually, you're game, you're being gamified and yeah. you actually are losing money. You yeah. know, like you're gambling, you're putting this in and most of the time you're not making any money back, you know? Right. So if you're already buying lottery tickets, to me, it's a great op- opportunity yeah. or option for them. If you're not already buying lottery tickets, then maybe it is, maybe it's not. But no matter what, when you're putting money into a savings account, there is some degree of sacrifice that has to occur. Yeah. And that may be as simple as not going to Starbucks a couple times a week or not eating out a few times. And then that money goes into your savings account, whichever way you want to reshape it or format it in your own head. That doesn't matter as long as the goal is achieved, which is put some money in the savings to get through the first layer to enable you to start putting money into investments 
have your money work for you. Because Absolutely. You're, you're not going to get much in a savings account, but you have to have some in there in order to be able to invest. Yeah. I mean, just empower yourself with the ability to have liquid money to put wherever you want. I think that's right. a really huge thing. And I'm excited to see how this evolves. I mean, I think this hmm. is just probably one of many companies that are going to yeah. come in and say, hey, here's a new incentive to actually save. Yeah. You know, because there's, there's a lot... Um, you know, there's a lot of education that needs to be communicated to a lot of people. I mean, we have, I think from a young age, it would be great to educate kids, you know, growing up to understand finance and what the best way to, you know, empower yourself with Mm -hmm. cash is. But, um, I, I think that it will be interesting to see how others do this. I mean, to me, I'm like, this is a no brainer. Why wouldn't like someone like Wells Fargo, JP Morgan Chase, at least like partner with a rewards company, you know, like, like someone should be giving, if you're not going to give an interest rate, like if the interest rate is is crap, then what else could you do to actually incentivize people to save? Because it's actually really an an important thing for banks to actually have money to be able to loan out. The bank's making money on, on you, even though they're only giving you a very tiny percent. So you might as well get Get, get more in there and get rewarded in some format or another. Exactly. Well, and I think that if savings becomes a priority to the consumers, then the companies will have to meet that demand. Absolutely. But if no one cares about savings, then the banks aren't going to do anything yeah. for you either. So it, it's, kind of inc- <laughs> it's kind of dependent on us also saying, hey, savings is actually a really important thing to us in addition to these other financial you know, institutions or abilities to use our money. Mm-hmm. Savings is a big deal work on it because right right now it's less than 1% and that's nothing. So, but really interesting. Um, I hope you guys got a lot out of this and definitely consider saving if you're not doing that right now. Check out Yoda. It's interesting. Even if you're not going to open an account, it's pretty cool concept. Yeah. And do your research on like the different banks. You should never be paying for a savings account. You know, like you should definitely just do a little bit of research too. If you're not happy with your current bank situation, just go out there. This is a time where you can, you know, look and see what's around. Yeah. Um, and You're the customer. Yeah. Let them shop for you. Exactly. All right. Well, we look forward to speaking with you all tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.